This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. When it's special, it's special. We have a special, special episode for you tonight. A brand new format that we've never done before, and it's all in thanks to you. Because it is Thanksgiving, and the thing that we're most thankful for is you guys, the listeners. If you're listening right now, if you press play, thank you very much. I am here, your host, Tim Petropoulos, with my brother, Michael Petropoulos. What up, Michael? What up? And the, the man himself, the Dynasty Don, the NFL Encyclopedia, Matt Ward. What's good, brother? Everything's good, man. It's always good to be on the pod with you boys. I'm happy to be here. It's, it's you know... American Thanksgiving is, uh, I say American, obviously, because I'm up north, but it's always nice to see everybody in, in a happy mood. Yeah, yes, Canada. Nice, nice, nice. Yes, the Can- Canadians, they have a different uh, a day where they celebrate, like, an, I don't know, do you guys have a Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? Yeah. You guys have a Thanksgiving? Yeah. Here's a little fun history lesson for you. Canada does have a Thanksgiving, and, and it, the government actually, like, recognizes a different, like, thing um, that we're thankful for, because it's basically based around us cultivating wheat our thanksgiving um so yeah every single thanksgiving the government officially recognizes like a bountiful crop and that is what canada's thanksgiving is supposed to be around but nobody actually pays attention to it they just eat turkey and get you know drunk and have good food fire we're trying to have a bountiful week 11 that's what we're trying to do week 12 right which one is it Week twelve. Week twelve. At, at this point, all the all the weeks are just together, and I messed up a great transition with the, the an incorrect thing. This is, you know, some things even in the holidays never change. Uh, one thing that definitely doesn't change is how thankful we are for our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Brodo Fantasy. Thank you so much, patrons, for making the Brodo brand run. You guys are the fuel that drives the engine. Uh, quite specifically, and you know, if you want to join Patreon, help us out. It is you can buy a year long um, subscription and get uh, and get a discount. So you could buy now for a year long. You can get basically two months free when you do that, and then you can be a patron until this time next year, and then hopefully re up again. Uh, so you get a discount on that. So if you wanna now, our off season content is 
always ro- rocking, always going. There's always off-season content uh, that we're giving you guys. So patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Also the waiver wire show that Michael just put out today. Um, and so much extra. Uh, the DFS optimizers. Honestly, it's so much extra. You should go check it out. Patreon.com slash brotofantasy. And our pride and joy, our baby, which we don't like to drop numbers on this podcast, has been killing it in terms of downloads the past, like, three days, Michael? Yep. Like, three days, it's just been, like, an avalanche of downloads. So thank every, thank you, everyone, for downloading it. And, um, you know, again, we don't like uh, flexing our numbers here on the podcast, but we're reaching heights that we didn't think we'd reach so early, and uh, it's because of you guys downloading the app and, and being part of the Brodo community and spreading the word, and we thank you so much. And in, in, uh, in exchange... We hope to give you great fantasy advice, and uh, that starts this week on Thursday. So let me explain to you how we're doing this and what we're doing. So we are going to do a jam-packed 100% preview of all the games today, even the Sunday games. Now, obviously, there are some things that will change between now, which is Tuesday night on the East Coast of New York at 8.32. And what time is it on the West Coast? 5.32, Matt? Right? Yep. So that's the range of times you're getting us if you're listening to us in the States or uh, Canada or Mexico. Um, if, or South America. Uh, if you are in Europe, it's a different time. But that has no, no, neither here nor there. The bottom line is, is things are going to change from here on out. And that's why the Patreon exists. Uh, because if you're a patron, you can hit us in the Discord, get our opinions, where would we pivot, where would we go, what would we do, uh, and... Yeah, we're constantly, 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 constantly in a conversation on the Discord, constantly talking about fantasy football, constantly. The new polls channel on the Discord is one of my favorites. It's basically all the, the patrons uh, help people make start-sit decisions. Uh, and our patrons are smart, man. They're, they're smart. They're, they're sharp football minds. So uh, shout-out to all the patrons. Shout-out to everyone. And, yeah, I'm going to stop talking right now. Let's get into this news first and foremost. And you know, you know, you no, that it ain't. Today is Tuesday. It ain't Tuesday without some Donny H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. You know, I, felt I like didn't even go over the a... format. Now that I just, now that I just thought about it. Correct. You I just said we're previewing all the games. You know, I felt like I was missing something last yeah. night. It was oh. Donnie H. Yeah, it was definitely Donnie, Donnie H. H on a Tuesday, baby. I can't. Sometimes I listen to Donnie H on repeat while I fall asleep. Um, no, Imagine. That will be weird. <laughs> um, by the way, the, so the way it's going to go is we've all drafted games. We've all drafted games. Uh, we did it in the in our chat, in our group chat. And I started. We, we went by. Uh, I was the person who made this this thing so i got first pick and then uh michael is a senior so he got second pick and then matt you know you're new to the podcast so we got to haze you a little bit you got to get you had to get the third pick but you did get the uh wrap around you did get the wrap around all right so maybe so arguably the best pick there is so we we drafted the games and we're gonna go like that in order the way we drafted it uh, and the way that we want to go over it but first we're gonna go over this news oh and by the way i'm not done with the format before we do the news everyone's gonna have three minutes to preview their team we're also going to get flags, all right? So if you want to throw the challenge flag, you can throw a challenge flag. Their three-minute stops. Your one-minute begins as the challenge if you want to rebut. There's also going to be one. There's also going to be some rebuttal time for everyone after, so really no reason to, to throw a flag now that I think about it. Uh, but anyway. 
yes. Yeah, so that's what we're gonna do. Uh, uh, keep it, keep it simple. I mean, keep it. I'm sorry. Keep it short, but keep it complicated. Keep it not simple. That's what we do. We simplify it here for you. We take the numbers. We simplify them. Bada boom, bada bing. You got yourself some uh, some stuff. All right. Let's do the damn thing. So I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I did? Matt's making a a, a face like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" It's because I read Matt's comment, and the the all it, all it says is "fucking cat." <laughs> I have no idea what that means. It threw me off completely. What are you talking about, bro? My fucking cat. Oh. <laughs> Did it pass the screen or something? My bad. I'm looking at the news. Tim misses two episodes and he forget. He forgets how. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I missed those episodes. Just completely forget. Welcome back, everyone. I really enjoyed listening to you guys, although I did not enjoy starting Kadarius Tony because of you, Michael. Yeah, I mean he did get hurt, like in the second quarter. But I take no responsibility for that. (laughs) He was playing less than I expected to start. All right, let's get into the news. Uh, so a lot of injury updates for the Thursday games. DJ Chark was limited in practice on Tuesday. DeAndre Swift was a full participant in practice on Tuesday. We'll be talking about DeAndre Swift during the game interviews, uh, the game previews, excuse me. Uh, Josh Reynolds was limited in Tuesday's practice. And Jonah Jackson, the left guard, uh, did not practice on Tuesday with a concussion. So that's a big one because that uh, that offensive line has been so good. And Jonah Jackson has been one of those pieces. Uh, let's go to Denver. The big, the big news is that Melvin Gordon released, um, fumbled another one at the goal line, and that was it. The coaching staff basically had it with him at that point. Uh, he's a free agent. He's, I mean, it seems as though every time there's a, more than any other sport, any time in the NFL there's a, a destination that just makes sense, the player never goes there. They always end up going to some place that you never would have thought they were going to go to be in some crowded backfield or something. But this does open up a lot of opportunity. If you guys, if you guys had to say, like w- Matt, let's start with you. Like if you had to say on where Melvin Gordon was going to go, like if you had, if you ha- could wave the magic wand and just think about fantasy, where would your ultimate destination be for Melvin Gordon? Uh, probably the Chiefs, I guess. Chiefs? Huh, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. What about you, Mike? I just want I, wanna, I want the value explosion that he would get if he landed there and nothing more because for me he's not really an asset that I'm going to hold on to for much longer. Fair enough. I mean, I don't think the Chiefs are going to go after him though. I could see him going to a team like um want like like the Jets, I think, are an interesting location because the James Robinson experiment hasn't been going too kindly for the Jets. Um another team that I think would be semi-interesting is a reunion with the Chargers. They've just been kind of like running through their backup running backs. Like Michelle has looked like the backup at points. Spiller has. Kelly has been on IR, but he looked like the main backup at times. If they brought Melgo back to spell Austin Eckler, I wouldn't be entirely shocked. That would be interesting. I don't think he would do that after they put the clown face on his on the whole thing. Remember that whole thing that happened? He didn't get Not a really. carry. Remember, he, it was the first game he was benched for Latavius Murray. And he didn't know why he didn't get a carry, and then the Chargers on this big screen put it put Melvin Gordon like a clown face on the screen. He's like, "Yo, that hurt." You remember that? No, I don't recall. Um, Maybe well, that, not the Chargers then. That definitely happened. No, I don't. I, I think <laughs> I think that the Rams, who by the way, Rams aren't doing shit, man. They're, they just they're calling it quits. They just cut bait with two yep. starters, one on defense, and the more important one, running back Daryl Henderson, because they're calling it quits. They've now released both they're of their starting up running on the backs. Season. You think so? Yeah, man. Daryl Henderson, they're probably he's a he's a free agent at the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they mutually yep. agreed. Like, go ahead, leave. Go you, go try to find a new team. Matt, did you see how they used 
Daryl Henderson in the last game by any chance? Like, were you paying close attention? Uh, like, I mean, his snap share was one of the lowest it was all season. So was his usage. Cam Akers actually had like 15 carries. So the wildest thing about it was good. Yeah, right. And the wildest thing about it was Daryl Henderson was the starting running back on every single drive. And then they snapped the ball, and then he left the field and never came back on the field. Yeah. Like, yo, what? The Rams, man. No, no, no. It's, yo, it's they're, they're a very different Rams team from the one that won the Super Bowl last year mm-hmm. and looked unstoppable on offense. They're on pace to be the worst team of all time following the Super Bowl in terms of, like, all the metrics that count. Yeah, and don't get me started with the other running backs, Kyron Williams, Cam Akers. If you're if you're still considering them for fantasy purposes, just stop, dude. Jeez Louise. Uh, the, Please don't start one of those guys. The Cardinals looked horrible again, uh, so they fired their offensive line coach slash run game coordinator, Sean Coogler. Yeah, he was the problem. Uh, Marquise Brown, yeah. uh, they said they don't know if he's going to play yet, but if he's good to go. Greg Dortch, who came in and had a good game in the stead of uh, Rondell Moore, who... Man, what a shame. Uh, but yeah. he, he hurt himself again. Uh, Greg Dortch now undergoing an MRI. Ugh, this is a, th- that slot receiver position is like a cursed position right now in, in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal in uh, any way, shape, or form for the uh, for the Cardinals offense for Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch to both be out because obviously they've been util- utilizing that role quite a bit. But the good news is DeAndre Hopkins did look healthy. Um, and they should get Hollywood back this coming week as well, more than likely. So I'm sure they'd uh I'm sure they'd rather have all three of them healthy, more Hollywood and and Nuke, but getting Hollywood back when more goes down is definitely a nice little consolation. Facts. Um Sam Darnold. Guys, guys, you ready for this one? <laughs> Sam Darnold named the starting quarterback for the Panthers, finally. Um I'm gonna stop right here. Stay tuned for Sam Darnold propaganda. If you're trying to hear some Sam Darnold propaganda, then you need to listen to this episode all the way through. That's all I'm going to say. We just lost like 50 viewers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't blame a single one of them. uh, Richie James was limited in practice, uh, which means that uh, the person catching the passes for the Giants this week will be Michael. Congratulations, Michael. You are the next wide receiver up for the Giants. My dreams have come true. What was that? My dreams why, have come true. Why did you become a southern like uh like cook? I don't know. I feel like that's what uh I feel like I don't know. Every time they or they um <laughs> inter- interview someone at the NFL draft, they their voice is like deep and stuff. Michael's just that wasn't Michael's deep, that was a southern. Him. I guess southern. A lot of there's a lot of southern players. <laughs> Alabama kills it. Michael's every just year. I was just going to say, Michael's just ignoring the fact that what he's doing is an Alabama accent because he's used to just watching kids from Alabama. There you go. It just, the NFL. Yeah, it just it just came out of me without any uh, any clue. Just just happened. Speaking of kids from Alabama, Jerry Judy, ankle, did not practice on Tuesday. Boom! Smash that. Um, so definitely keep a look at that. Corlin Sutton Dude, had and, a uh, decent game. Me and Matt get props for uh, the Jerry Judy injury. We we 100%. both said well no we not not we sure the props for it. the props <laughs> for burn our houses down <laughs> for analyzing the Jerry Judy injury everyone was acting That's like it was dope. nothing and we were like that makes no sense he missed the entire game you should not expect Jerry Judy to play this week and who knows going forward and it looks like he may end up missing two weeks now ooh 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 ooh, ooh, ooh. all right uh, New Orleans Nick Underhill reports that the Saints coaches 
realized they were underusing Taysom Hill's unicorn skill set. I promise I can read. Before week 11. Um, This is an interesting one. He took a bunch of snaps under center. uh, Nine rushes, 52 yards. Also completed one of three passes for 14 yards. Uh, Anything to to look at here if Taysom Hill is taking more and more snaps? Obviously, he's a... He has the ability to be a cheat code at the tight end position. How are you looking at him rest of the season, man? Yeah, I mean, one, got to give a shout-out to Nick Hunter Hill. That guy's the GOAT. He's the best beat writer in the NFL, period, end of sentence. Um, and if they're Hot going team. to do that, I mean, every time that Taysom's had more than eight rushing attempts, he's had more than 50 yards. And that, from the tight end position in fantasy – up until the last, you know, three weeks where I guess the coaching staff is now admitting that they would have liked to have used him differently. Um, he was top six in points per game. So, I mean, yeah, you kind of already said it. It's it's a pretty crazy cheat code. There is not another tight end in fantasy football that's getting eight rushing attempts per game and three to four passing attempts per game. And and so, yeah, he's certainly going to be serviceable. And, and if he was dropped, I would pick him up for streaming options and potential boom weeks moving forward. I don't know. The issue with Taysom Hill is that the, the rushing yards are um, they're more empty than they are the re- than receiving yards for tight ends because they don't get the receiving points, right? You're banking only on yards if you're asking for Taysom Hill to rush a lot for your fantasy team. He hasn't really done anything as a pass catcher. It just, I don't know, he's not someone I'm super high on and not someone I'm like super interested in, really. Alright. I mean, that's... Uh Michael never mincing words. Never one to mince words. Mince, mince, mince. He just said fuck Taysom Hill. Like that that's un- uncalled for, man. He's a human being. I like minced garlic. I mean pre pre minced garlic is for is for wussies. Pre minced? Pre minced, like you get it in the water pre minced. People like do that? if you do that, fuck you though. I don't I don't I don't even think I've ever seen that. I mean, not fuck you if you're listening I've and you support the, us and you do that, but but get your shit together, bro. I've seen you cut know, your own garlic. I've seen the garlic that's already separated. You know. Can I just say this one one time, Michael? <laughs> Shout out to garlic <laughs> and onions for just being roots that you can and, just put on anything and just making everything delicious. Yeah, like these times. things that are just chilling on the ground, mind their own business, and then a, a hunter gatherer comes by, pulls it up, and is like, "Oh, this smells good." Holy shit, this makes everything delicious. We should stuff it in our meat. We should put it all over our veggies. If there was a fire onion, would you, would you, you know, do things to it? <laughs> what the fuck does it even mean? Like, eat it? No, would you have sex with an onion? <laughs> have sex with an onion? If it was fire, this looking onion. Rails, so early. <laughs> How did that become, would you have sex with an onion? No, I mean, I'm, a, a, I'm a boy. It's a I'm a grown question. man. I, I'm a... I'm a male human. I don't have sex with onions. I don't know. I think you may have. Someone has <laughs> in this world. Let's be real. I mean, onions seem small. You need. To, you could get like a, you know, one of the large Like onions. a load of the really big onions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that. All right. So with, <laughs> Off the rails with, is with, right. Yeah, with, uh, with no further ado, um, I, I got to get myself together. Yeah, All right. Go. So you got three minutes. We're going to draft these teams. So the first pick. In the draft schedule of tor- course, I told you, goes to your boy, me. And why is that the case? Because uh, that's just what I decided. You're a and, dictator, Tim. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, sometimes when you have the power, you got to take advantage. Um, and 
obviously the answer is the first game of the week. It's the Bills at the Lions. Um, the reason why I like this game is because I think both teams have a chance to put up some points here. The Bills defense has been vulnerable over the last three games. They've given up 33 points, points to the Vikings who got completely stupid blown out against the Cowboys. Maybe the only team that looked worse than the Jets. Were you not supposed to get this uh, timer thing going? Oh, right, the, th- the three-minute timer. Get, let's do You're this right. correctly, three, Tim. Three, two, one. All right, sorry. They were the probably the only team to work with. Oh, my God, the intensity is crazy now. Like, I feel so much pressure. All right, so, all right. They've given up They gave up 20 points to the hapless Jets. You saw that. They gave up 33 points to the Vikings. 23 points to the Browns. Jacoby Brissett killed me in fantasy. I couldn't even take it. The Bills' yep. defense has been vulnerable. Uh, this is not the defense that shut down the game every single game last year. They've been particularly vulnerable against the wide receiver with injuries in the secondary. They are 15th in true matchup ranking. 15th. That is middle of the pack. That is someone that you can beat. I have complete confidence in Amon Ross St. Brown in this game. Uh, any other pass-catching option, though, I feel like is a dart throw, no matter who really you're starting. Um... Let's go over to the running backs. Uh, Swift was limited in practice. We talked about it. He paid a full practice today, and there's something out there in the world that says, hey, here's a narrative. To, he can play in this game and take back his starting role, and they might just be saving him because he has four good practices in a row where he hasn't been on the injury report. Nope. So, I mean, that is something that you're doing if you're desperate. I, again, that might not be the case because last week, Jamal Williams got the bulk of the work, and it was Justin Jackson actually with 37% of the snaps and DeAndre yep. Swift with only 31%. Um, Swift practice in full on Monday. Yes, yes, yes. But you got to start Jamal. Jamal has been absolutely outrageous. In the last week eight, running back nine. Since then, 22-20, running back five, running back 13 on the week. On the other side, with the Bills, Stephon Diggs is my grand slam smash of the week if we were doing it regularly. Uh, Jeff Okuda has a concussion. He's probably not going to play in this game. And the Lions do not have anyone that can stop him anyway. Points will be scored. The Lions are the best, uh, the, the eighth best wide receiver matchup uh, against uh, in true matchup ranking. Um, I would even start Davis. I think this is one of those games where you start Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is a, a wild card, and this is one of the matchups that is, is excellent for him. So I would start Gabe Davis here. Uh, the Lions D... Uh, their best attribute is against the running back, but Devin Singletary had three touchdowns uh, in the last two weeks. In the last two weeks, he's been running back 12, running back 9. He ha- he's only been under a running back 2 one time in the last five weeks. He's running back 21 on the season. At this point, you have to start him, and you have to think that you're going to get a good matchup out of him. Um I'm not mad at Dawson Knox either. Dawson Knox has been playing well. Uh, he's been getting a lot of targets. The last game, six targets, seven targets, tight end 11 and tight end five in the last two games. Obviously, obviously, you're playing Josh Allen. The The Lions are first in points over average to the quarterback, allowing 23.2 points a game. Josh Allen is due uh, for a good game against the Lions. So I, would, I, I think it's a fantasy extravaganza in this game. I think even this is one of those games that even the peripheral players – are going to be able to succeed, in my opinion. I think that it's going to be uh, a Gabe Davis type day. I think that you could even take a shot at Khalif Raymond if you're in a super, super, super deep league. And yeah, I I like all the Bills. I like all the Bills maybe too much. So that is my argument in three. You know, Tim, that was about as on point as you could get. used up the entirety of the three minutes despite your fumble in the beginning. You, know, you forgot to start the timer. The thing is, though, like I, I was filling time at the end, if you didn't notice, to get to three minutes. And if I had started it on three minutes, I think I would have nailed it. I also, I just, I couldn't stop just like giggling 
with that music on in the background. Yeah, yeah. The, by the way, if if uh, anyone's listening from the movie that we stole that from, it's actually not from that movie. It's a remake, so don't sue us. Yes, please. All right. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, that, do you guys have any uh, any rebuttals? I like the Diggs monster matchup here. I also think Amonara St. Brown has monster potential here. Um, both he of whom my, are playing against Michael in the home league this week. Just yeah, putting that out there. That's okay. I'm going to be talking about a team with two players against each other who I like a lot. Well, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> but Amonara, look, he was my dark horse for number one overall last week, and he didn't have a bad game. It's no. just that he didn't need to have a bigger game because the Lions absolutely dominated the Giants, which was unfortunate for um, Amon Ra's prospects on the day because he could have had a bigger game. He still, um, against the Giants, he did still see eight targets and went seven for 76, but could have been an even bigger day if they were forced to throw more. Like, Jared Goff didn't even complete 20 passes in the game. So, yeah, I like both of those guys a lot this week. And look, Devin Singletary's been getting a ton more work on the ground as well. Um, I think he's a super viable RB two candidate as long as the, as long as the Bills continue to work him into the game more and more. Matt, my rebuttal is I don't really like De- DeAndre Swift for the rest of the season. Oh, that too. Fuck DeAndre really, Swift for, there, for this there, game. There is a narrative. No, well, fuck the Lions for bubble wrapping that kid and being like the easiest way for us to. I mean, they accidentally beat the Giants, but the easiest way for <laughs> us to maintain a three game winning streak. Season, is by losing games. Yeah, yeah, they're accidentally winning games without DeAndre Swift. So maybe actually they're doing it right, and I'm just being an ass. Yeah, I think that they. But his snapshot is certainly a concern, man. Yeah, I mean, I just want to put the narrative out there because I was kind of tripping over myself. He had he has had four straight good practices. I mean, he's had four but straight. He, he said, hasn't been on the injury report. He said himself that he's still not fully healthy. So I don't know, man. All right, uh, let's get into our second game. Michael, you were the second overall pick. What you got for us, bro? With the second overall pick in this Thanksgiving week draft, I chose the Giants and Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Three. 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 <laughs> Two. One. On the Giants' side, look, Daniel Jones has produced a strong fantasy performance in three of his past four games. When now he gets the vaunted Cowboys defense who just stymied Kirk Cousins into another realm. Um, this past weekend, they're 31st in true matchup rank, and I don't think Daniel Jones is a very strong streaming option. Um, despite the success that he's had in recent days, Tim, why are you pausing this? The, the music in the background. <laughs> Tim's trying to figure out the volume on this yeah. thing. Just use the volume buttons like a normal human, Tim. Matt, Michael. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> Saquon, on the other hand, Saquon is Saquon. Um, there's not much you can say about him. Right, It doesn't matter what defense he's playing against. He's a high-end RB1 at all times, no matter what. You're playing Saquon. Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton has at least nine half PPR points in four straight games and five of his last six. He just saw a season-high 10 targets against the Detroit Lions, and Wondell Robinson is now out for the entirety of the season. He should continue to operate as a clear wide receiver one, and even in a difficult matchup against the Cowboys, who are 29th in true matchup rank, Two minutes. It, is, it is hard to see a path where Darius Slayton doesn't um return some sort of value if you have him in your wide receiver three or flex spot. On the Cowboys side, Dak has now surpassed 20 fantasy points in three straight games, throwing for 250 plus yards and at least two touchdowns in each of these games, including um, additional rushing yards to get him some extra points. The Giants are an average matchup um, according to true matchup rank, but they can be beat and I like Dak as a QB1 this week. Tony Pollard is an absolute menace, 15 for 80 on the ground and six for 109 and two through the air last week in Zeke's return. Zeke had a decent game in his own right. 15 carries, 42 yards, two touchdowns. 
It was a 54 to 29 snap split um, in favor of Pollard that I expect Zeke to get a little bit more work um, as he gets healthier. But nonetheless, at this point, it's impossible not to start Pollard as a high-end running back option, even with Zeke's return. And Zeke should settle into a touchdown-dependent, low-end RB2 flex play as well. CD Lamb is the only usable wide receiver on the Cowboys. Um, he's coming off of a down game of five catches for 45 yards. But again, they beat the Vikings 40-3. to They really didn't need him to be a huge um, impact player over the second half of the game. Even after over the past the last three quarters of the game. Like, that game was a blowout from the start. So just toss that game to the side for CeeDee Lamb. And same goes for Dalton Schultz. I'm not buying the down game with the tight end landscape the way it is. You have to trust him as a tight end one. And I think he has a decent, uh, decent spot here against the Giants to... Nine and a half point favorites, I'm a little surprised about. Seems super disrespectful to the Giants, but last time I said a team was super disrespected was the Vikings last week, and they lost 40 to 3. So <laughs> To the Cowboys. <laughs> to the Cowboys. So that's that for the Giants and the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? With America, ten, Thanksgiving. With 10 seconds to spare, I tried to throw Michael off a little remix at the, at the very end right there, but he he didn't. He, every time the beat dropped, he dropped it. I just I, I want to add this. Michael Parsons is not guaranteed to play. Um, so that's I a was big, gonna say it. yeah, that's a big loss, man. That's a uh, that's the best. Pl- that's the quarterback of the defense by far. He was a speaking of absolute menace. He was a fucking menace. He's the best defender in the NFL. I yeah. don't care. I yeah, don't I mean, Quinn and Williams in the NFL. Like literally fight me about it because <laughs> no way, man. Like that. I, I yeah, I get I'm it. I'm just Mike. playing around. <laughs> he has the best college interviews of all time. Oh yeah, Williams listening does. to Quinn and Williams is a, is a hilarious. Bless you. Palmer. Thank you. Remember that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that one's the best. But when they ask him about Kyler Murray, and he's like, he's like, no, I'm not intimidated about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray? <laughs> that, that one's good. And he goes, let me stop. That, that was he was he was about to do someone like this, I can't remember. I think it was that. He's like, ah, let me stop. All right, um, let's get into the third pick, Matt. What you got? I'm going Chargers Cardinals, man. And, um, Start the time. God, God bless you for wanting to. Cover these Cardinals. All right. Three minutes on the clock. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. Yeah, start that timer. I mean, I'll give a little quick team breakdown. The Chargers average 360.9 scrimmage yards per game. That's 12th. Uh, sixth in passing yards, but 30th in rushing yards. But that could all be changed against the Cardinals, who are the worst team um, for running back production in our true matchup rankings. The Chargers defense hasn't really lived up to the hype of the names they have on the roster. They're giving up 384 yards themselves, which is 226 passing yards, 148 rushing yards, all of which are ranked in the bottom half of the NFL with their run defense being the weakest point, ranked 30th. This game is a good chance for a shootout if Kyler Murray plays. So let's just rapid fire through some of the options that you're going to have. We got Justin Herbert, who's putting up 16.4 points per game, QB 11. He's finally has a few of his receiving weapons back with Keenan Allen getting healthy. Uh, Mike Williams is questionable after hurting the same ankle that kept him out. Herbert ranks 24th in true throw value, although his regression from last season is largely due to the gas station employees that he's been throwing the ball to. The Cardinals' defense are the third best matchup for quarterbacks in true matchup ranking, though. They allow 31.0% over the expected average of fantasy points to the position. So Herbert's starting to heat up. He had a good game against the Chiefs. His teammates are starting to get healthy. And although it's not been leading to W's in the record book, it brightens their fantasy outlook for the rest of the season. So I'm projecting Herbert as a mid-range QB1 this week against the Cardinals, who allow 24 points per game to opposing quarterbacks and are ranked 
pretty good against wide receivers as well. Um, Austin Eckler is just a must-start every week RB1. He's the RB1 overall, averaging 23.1 points per game this season in PPR formats. He is supercharged pass-catching role without Allen or Williams in the lineup and probably without Williams. And a little bit of causality of Herbert's rib injury as well, which is causing a lot more checkdowns than from previous seasons. It's worth noting that he saw just two targets against the Chiefs, but he also saw a season-high 19 rushing attempts, so they're going to get him work no matter what. Uh, Josh Palmer, an interesting case. yet injured, potentially not playing, um, but we'll follow that injury report. He put up a 33% target share in Week 11, and it's obviously minute. a pretty high-end option if um, Mike Williams or Keenan Allen doesn't go. And then on the other side, man, it, it's just... It's a bunch of really terrible injuries. Rondale Moore, groin injury. He was averaging 18.9 points per game over the last three contests. If he's in and Hollywood Brown is out, you could feel pretty good about him, but maybe downgraded because of the injury. Same with Kyler Murray. Um, 20.1 points per game this season. QB8, but hamstring injury. We don't know if he's going to play. Hollywood Brown, he was supposed to come back last week, um, but is obviously a long shot to play with their bye week coming up in week 12. He was averaging 7.2 receptions per game, 10.7 targets, 80 receiving yards per game, 18.3 points. Uh, so you can start him in any given matchup, but obviously the injury and his playing time has to be monitored. DeAndre Hopkins putting up a 31% target share, man. You have to start him no seconds. matter the matchup, no matter the defense. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. We're going to let it ride. We're done. Actually, we did, we did forget to mention James Conner. Well, I think is a good is a good play. James Conner is a. Oh, I did have Conner written right in there too. My bad. I I got I got clock scared. You got clock scared. You did it. It happens to the best of us. I bro. got clock scared. It happens this to the best the, of us. The first time Matt has been uh has been uh, too flustered. A little to, a little flustered at the to, end to finish a segment. Besides yeah. that though, nailed it, <laughs> nailed it completely. Yes. Um, with that being said though, I think James Conner is a, you know, as long as he's the only person in this backfield, you're gonna. You're gonna play him. Yeah, it's true. He has um. He yeah, has... and the little note that I wanted to put out too is that his points per game with Colt McCoy are much higher than with Kyler because of the rushing volume. Mm. Yeah, and like we all know, they cut you know Benjamin. He's playing a every down role. Um, tremendous matchup here against the Chargers. I mean Isaiah Pacheco. Everyone was acting like Isaiah Pacheco's a bad man. Like look at him run the ball. He was running eight yards untouched for, like, half his carries. I was like, let's relax. Anyone could run through these wide-open holes, and this week it's going to be James Conner. The Chargers just, for years now, have not been able to stop a running back. As if it's really it's like Brandon a, a nosebleed. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. 148 rushing yards per game, right? Yeah. 30th, I mean, that, yeah. So. I, I, I agree. Like, try to stop the pass more than you try to stop the run, but you can't just allow teams to run all over you nonstop. I think it's the coaching. Because they tried to address that in the offseason and just still nothing. Still nothing. And this was the problem with the L.A. Rams in Los Angeles when – and in St. Louis when he was there with McVay. Was McVay in St. Louis? No. No, John Fox in no. St. Louis. So only in Los Angeles. When he was with McVay, that defense was a run funnel defense. So it's kind of the same problem over and over again. All right, so we're going to snake this. So you're going to listen to Matt talk twice in a row. Oh, my God, he listened to the beautiful Canadian serenade you twice in a row. What a lucky day for you. Uh, Matt, who is your fourth pick? All right, we're going to, uh, to the Big East. Actually, we're going to the Bay Area where the Saints are playing the 49ers. All right. So, we got a Saints fan in the house, too, the so extra special. Yeah, I had to take my boys. Three. I had to take my boys with my next pick. Two, one, you're on. 
Yeah, I, I took my voice because their offense has been wildly unpredictable and inconsistent this season. No surprise with Andy Dalton playing the majority of games, in all honesty. Uh, the team scores 22.6 points per game, which is ranked 15th. They put up 237.5 passing yards, which was a surprisingly 7th overall in the league, and 117 rushing yards, which is 15th. Pretty mediocre overall. The defense has struggled with seven-star names battling injury. Um, they allow 346 yards per game, 24.3 points per game to opposing offenses. The 49ers ranked 9th in total offensive yards at 372. 235 passing yards per game, which is 8. Hello, Jimmy G. And 127.2 rushing yards, 12 per game. Just solid all around. Uh, they have one of the best defensive units in the league. Uh, they allow a league best 304.4 scrimmage yards per game, 81.1 rushing yards, which is also first overall, and just 202.8 passing yards. That's 11th. Um, give up 17.3 points per game. Alvin Kamara is probably the biggest name that I want to talk about today uh, for them. He's just been somewhat frustrating asset to roster on a week-to-week -week basis. He has top 12 running back in points per game. Two minutes. Top five opportunity share, but he has just five finishes outside of the top 20 running backs this season, and nearly 50% of his season-long production got attached to a three-touchdown game against the Raiders. Uh, the 49ers allow just 15.9 points per game to opposing running backs, 31st in true matchup rank, negative 22.9% points over average. They're 21st against receiving running backs, 28th against rushing production. And if we were doing tear breaker down this week, it would definitely be Alvin Kamara. Andy Dalton on that side is nothing more than a desperation streamer. Um, he's had one top 16 performance, but has met with five um, outside of the top 20. Uh, the 49ers are allowing 14.8 points for the game. That's negative 18.8% to the position. Same can be said about Jarvis Landry, kind of a long shot flex appeal. Jawan Johnson's got some interesting streaming option, but it's a really tough matchup. He's touchdown dependent, a respectable but pretty mediocre 12.7% target share. Obviously, Chris Olave is the only beacon of light in this offense. Uh, he's pulling a 24.9% target share, 14.7 points per game. 49ers are a tough defense, but actually 11th in true matchup ranking. And then on the other side, it's Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are splitting snaps, but McCaffrey's still pulling a fucking 30% target share. Um, and Elijah Mitchell's rushing is kind of nothing more than annoying. 45 uh, for seconds. Christian McCaffrey owners. Jimmy G has streaming upside every single week because he doesn't really have to do anything to be a legitimate, you know, throw for four touchdowns and 220 yards. Uh, the talent that's around him is so good. Brandon Kittle, Debo Samuel, George I. Or <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. Um, as long as they're the only three guys that are catching passes other than Christian McCaffrey, which they, which they were last week, then obviously you can trust all three of them in your lineups. Um, we saw McCaffrey pull the most targets out of all of them, but Kittle had four receptions, 84. Debo, seven receptions, 57. Ayuk, uh, four targets, 20 yards, two touchdowns. Kittle, two touchdowns as well. So funnel that offense through those guys, and they're all fantasy relevant. Oh, at the buzzer, and Matt can't even hear the music in the background. He's uh, he's not technologically Oof. capable. That was if I didn't mess up their names too, I would have had like four seconds. On, that was on that extra. was smooth. I I gotta ask you guys about Christian McCaffrey's usage because he's getting the work in the past game. It's not like he's not getting work, um, but it seems like this is going to be a two-headed backfield in terms of the rushing work. Are you are you like, are you yeah. scared a little McCaffrey bit? Or got you... the majority of the work in the first half when they needed him. And they started resting him a bit more yeah, in the that second came... half. So I've got rebuttals to rebuttals <laughs> already <laughs> lined up, like predetermined rebuttals. And, and yeah, exactly that. He was leading the team. He did lead the team to snap percentage and was leading the team until it was out of hand. And then obviously you, for one, don't want to put him in harm's way. And when you have a two down grinder like Elijah Mitchell and you're killing clock because you're up 30 points, like, so uh, it's again, not concerning, especially when he's pulling 
27.7% target share. Big facts. Michael, are you ready? Uh, well, I, I also wanted to oh. add, I'm a little bit scared about the 49ers offense just because they're so, uh, like, big play dependent. Like, George Kittle only had four catches despite having the two touchdowns. Debo Samuel had a 40-yard rushing touchdown. Brandon Ayuk only had two receptions. They just both happened to be touchdowns. Um, so one of these three is likely to disappoint, I think, on a week-to-week basis more often than not because they're not all going to find the end zone every single week. So far, it's been Kittle. And and Debo, Ayuk's been like, the I mean, the most consistent of the bunch. Yeah, the first time yeah. Ayuk doesn't surpass eighty <laughs> receiving yards in a while, and he scores two touchdowns, two so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a Blackman. Will Blackman. <laughs> Michael. All right, you're gonna go next. All right. Will Black? Because I was just reading. Uh, I was just reading. Uh, will Blackman. <clears throat> tweeted that he might not play this year and I didn't think he was playing this year anyway. Well Blackman's not O D retired? I, I guess not. I guess he was just like a, a, a hitter for hire. We're going on weird tangents today. Yeah, it's weird tangents. Will Com- Will uh, Blackman. Shout out to you. <laughs> Alright, let's get into oh no, that's Will Compton. Well it doesn't matter. Either way, not fantasy relevant at all. <laughs> oh, all right, Michael, who's your next pick in the draft? My next pick in the Thanksgiving week draft is the Raiders at Seahawks. Tim, start the clock. Three, two, one. I think this game ends up being a massive battle of the running backs in this one. With I think both of these guys, Tim, this is what I was touching on. I have Ken Walker and Josh Jacobs against you in our home league. I think one of these, one of the two of these guys has a chance to lead the lead in rushing um, this coming week. Seattle is 11th in true matchup rank against the running backs. And the Las Vegas offense has been operating at its best when running through Josh Jacobs. On the Seattle side, Kenneth Walker has been extraordinary as the lead back. And prior to the Seahawks' bye, he really showed off his pass-catching prowess for the first time in an every-down roll. Even Pete Carroll basically said a couple weeks ago that Walker's first couple starts were just scratching the surface and he was going to get even more work. Las Vegas is third in true matchup rank against opposing running backs. Regarding the other positions, um, jumping back to Las Vegas... Derek Carr's a low upside play. Last week was just his second game passing the 20-point threshold, and both times he passed the 20-point threshold this season, he barely made it over as he's yet to reach 21 points in a game. He does have a decent floor, though. If you're looking for that, he has three straight games between 17.5 and 20.5. So if you need like a QB2 or something of that sort that's not going to lose you your week, Derek Carr's a decent option here against Seattle. Devontae Adams is obviously a must-start. Um, I'm not super high on Mac Hollins this week as a streaming option. The Seahawks are 24th in true matchup rank. And as I said, I expect this to be more of a Josh Jacobs game and Devontae Adams to eat, which means if there is going to be another option, I think it's going to be Foster Moreau in this one, who has a tremendous matchup with a number one tight end true matchup rank um, against the Seattle Seahawks. I think he's a very uh, viable streaming candidate this week if you're in need of a tight end. On the Seahawks side, it's simple. You start Geno Smith, you start DK Metcalf, and you start Tyler Lockett. They uh, each of the three have been great this season. Their offense has been just way better than anyone expected at the start of the year. And the Las Vegas Raiders are the number one team in true matchup rank to opposing quarterbacks. First passing and second rushing. Obviously, Geno Smith doesn't run a bunch, but he does have the ability to use his legs if need be. And obviously, he's been uh, just killing it through the air, throwing to um, DK and Lockett this season. The Raiders are 12th to opposing wide receivers in true matchup rank, but Similar to the Giants, how I was talking about them last week, they don't really have any cornerbacks that strike fear into opposing wide receivers. That's the same with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, 
So I think DK and Lockett are terrific starts. And when you come to the tight end position here with Noah Fant, Will Disley, Jacob Hollister and company, maybe one of them will catch a tight end, but you don't know which one it's going to be. And despite the tight end landscape being a very rough field this season, I would not suggest starting Noah Fant or anyone else in that Seahawks team. They're a very cut and dry team. Gino, Kenneth Walker, DK, and Lockett. And you start those guys and you're set up for victory. And that's the Raiders versus the Seahawks. We have 10 seconds to spare. Yeah, the Raiders ended up being a beautiful thing. That beautiful thing we know in fantasy called the funnel offense. And it's just, uh, you know, Geno Smith is, at this point, if you're still doubting Geno Smith, then you're living in uh, a land that is made up. If you're living in a land where Geno Smith isn't balling, I don't want to live in that land. No, because it's it's fake land. <laughs> That's true. Fake news. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get uh, any anything you want to say about this game, Matt? No, I, I pretty much agree with Mike on everything. It's two funnel offenses on either side of the ball with uh, pretty obvious suspects um, of production on. All right, guys, get ready because you're about to listen to my voice for two picks in a row. Oh, boy, this is where the, the people tune out. All right, uh, my next pick is <laughs> the Titan, the Bengals excuse me, at the Titans, and I'm going to get into it right now. All right, so Jamar Chase is practicing this week, according to his coaches, and it's a great time for him to come back. The Titans are a definition of a bend but don't break defense. The Titans give up the third most passing TDs in the NFL so far. T. Higgins is also coming off his uh, his season high in yardage against Pittsburgh. I'm starting two wide receivers in this game. Even if Jamar Chase doesn't play, then I'll start Higgins and Boyd. If Chase plays, then I'm starting Chase and Higgins. Uh, the very, very simple. I'm starting two wide receivers in this game with confidence because that's what the Titans uh, give up. You got to start Joe Burrow. Uh, if you haven't noticed, Joe Burrow right. is absolutely killing it. Uh, two after two straight QB one finishes, he dropped down to QB twenty two against Cleveland. Uh, but that was the big Joe Joe Mixon game. Um, QB seven, QB two, uh, QB five on the season. He's absolutely killing the game right now. There's no if ands or must about it. Uh, as for the running back situation, Joe Mixon is not certain to play this game. Uh, it's actually looking towards like he might actually not play this game as there's two minutes left. Um, and he's in the concussion protocol right now, so you never know with that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm assuming he's not going to play, which would mean stash Samaje P. Ryan if you're listening to this and your waivers haven't run yet and he's available and you need a spot, he's a good spot. Uh, stash him if you can get him. The Titans have been stout against the run. Uh, they have been, they are the worst matchup in terms of true, uh, true matchup rank against the rush on the ground, but vulnerable through the air. And that's where Samaji Pirine has made his work happen uh, this year. Uh, and Hayden Hurst is a touchdown dependent tight end option, uh, especially if Jamar Chase is back. I'm not chasing that. Over to the Titans Ew. side. Uh, I have 100% confidence in Traylon Burks this, this week. Um, before I get into that, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, Derrick Henry starred him. Congratulations. Um, Ryan, uh, look, Traylon Burks came in, took 27.6% of the target share, and had a great game. There was a need for a playmaker in this game, in this team, and he's going in there. Cincinnati is a good matchup, and their number one cornerback just went out for the year. Burks can produce. Tannehill is on a roll. I'm starting him confidently, and I think that Robert Woods could even be an okay play in deeper leagues. Austin Hooper is definitely a prayer. You're like you're living on a prayer if you're talking about Austin Hooper. Whoa. Um, which I'm I'm sad that he was my tight end sleeper of the year. Like that was a terrible call. Sorry, sorry guys. Um, but this is not a terrible call. I think Traylon Burks is a good play in this game. I think that 
Ryan Tannehill, this is the type of game where they're going to have to put up numbers. Now, it could easily be a Derrick Henry go smash game because this is a mid-range defense. It's, it's basically middle of the pack and everything. So uh, this is the type of defense that Derrick Henry usually crushes. It's going to be a good game against two AFC opponents. I expect uh, there to be some scoring, and I'm comfortable starting a lot of guys on both sides of this game because of that. Boom. Boom. With time to spare. All right. What are your thoughts? I want to hop in and say the people who are afraid of starting Samaj P. Ryan because of the Tennessee Titans defense have to stop being afraid of that because if Samaj P. Ryan is starting, you are starting him confidently as an RB2 this week at relax. the very least. What relax. do you mean relax? Joe Mixon has the fourth most opportunities of all NFL players this season. That's with Samaj P. Ryan mixing in, getting most of the pass-catching work. If Joe Mixon is out, Samaj P. Ryan is the full-down workhorse back. We saw it last week. Even before Mixon got out, he caught two touchdown passes. And then Mixon got out, and he got 11 carries the rest of the way and got two more um, receptions and targets. He ended with three touchdowns on the day. Like, you don't need Samaj P. Ryan to run for 100 yards, have a, su a successful day against Tennessee. If he's the lead back on that team, he's going to get a ton of touches in a high value offense and that's something that's something you should 100% be chasing and starting if you um if you can all right all right mike michael does that have anything to do with the fact that you might be starting him against me in the home league this week? i will 100% be starting him against you in the home league this week if mixon is out matt do you have uh do you have any thoughts I mean, uh, if we were doing the Monday recap episode, T. Higgins would have been 100% my saw that coming. So, yeah, I mean, you can start both of them confidently, regardless of Chase's. Um, well, I mean, I guess if he's in the lineup, it would be, like you said, Boyd or Higgins and Higgins and Chase. You can start both all of them confidently. All right. I hope you guys aren't sick and tired of hearing my voice because I got the next pick, and my next pick is the Packers. So start the timer. At... The Eagles. All right, everyone. Let's get it. The question in everyone's mind in this game has to be Christian Watson. Is can, can we start him again? Now, there's no doubt that this is a bad matchup. The Eagles are the 23rd matchup in, in matchup rank, but they are the 32nd matchup rank against QBs, only giving 10 points a game up to QBs. And sometimes I like to look at the true uh, matchup ranking for QBs because it tr shows truly more how dominant of a pass defense a team is because a wide receiver can get you know 50 yards and a touchdown and have a great game a, a quarterback you really need to put up numbers and the Eagles are number one they're the worst matchup against quarterbacks this team has been killing uh teams through the air um they are the Eagles have been getting beat on the ground though they have the seventh most uh, they are the seventh true matchup rankings, 25% over average. But you saw Lin Linvel Joseph and Adama Kansu come in, both of their pickups uh, last week, and bottle up JT against the Colts. This one could get ugly um, quickly. Uh, I don't want to start a guy like Watson. I don't want to start a guy like Lazard. If I have to, I must, but I'm trying to avoid them in ma this matchup if I can. This is the worst matchup for QBs. Like I said, I'm trying to sit Rodgers, too. Like... Honestly, outside of Aaron Jones, I don't know if I want to start any Packers in this game, which would be a trap, which would, would have been just unthinkable to even say at this time last year. On the other side, you got the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is an every week matchup, even in a bad matchup against a Packers defense that's actually been very good. Uh, this is one of those games where you got to ride the wave that is A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is always up, always down, always up, always down. Uh, 
it's a mid-range matchup against the Packers, so his point range is honestly somewhere between 8 and 38. Like, that's what A.J. Brown is. Uh, Devontae Smith has not had over 13 half PPR points since his breakout week in week three. Uh, the Eagles pass only 47% of the time. That's the fifth least in the NFL. It's hard to have confidence in him to have a big game. It's hard right now. So if you're not starting him as a wide receiver three, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere. Uh, Jack Stoll also ended up being a tight end uh, that took the snaps, but just one target. There is something to be said about that. Um, Miles Sanders, on the other hand, after starting the year hot, has been usable but disappointing, especially even his, his 13.8 uh, points in half PPR against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You expected more. Against Houston, had 15.3. You expected more. And then the last two games, 5.4 and 5.3 half PPR points. That's rough. And he's getting now a matchup that is, you know, just mid-range against the running back. But overall mid-range against the running back. But the, the, the I'm sorry, the 15th, the 14th. Uh, so, yes, just mid-range against the running back on the ground as well. So, overall, on the ground, Miles Sanders does not get seconds. any... Of the pass game work at all so you have to think to yourself can i trust him in this matchup i gotta start him anyway miles sanders was my good job with the buzzer tim was going to be my stock down if we did the stock down section yeah it's, um, it's been disappointing i just traded for i traded tyler lockett for him like a few weeks ago and i'm being getting killed especially because like in the beginning of the season why didn't you message me about that trade I mean, I, I I was starting Rashad White as my RB two. Like I needed to make it happen. Sure. I mean, he might be better than Miles Sanders at this I mean, point. Yep. I mean, I'll, I'll be restarting. Yep. I'll be starting Rashad White this week, regardless. As your RB two now. Yeah, exactly. I will. Well, <laughs> as my in my flex, at least we're Rondell Moore out for sure. The thing with Miles Sanders is that <laughs> oh, at brutal. least he was seeing like around three targets or so through the first several games. Now he is zero or one target in each of the last five games that he's played in so he has no role in the passing game and he's not getting a ton of rushing work either he's completely efficiency and touchdown based work at this point and that was the issue of miles sanders every other season in his career yes it's never been a productivity issue it's been a volume issue yes and he's back to just not getting the appropriate volume um and He's looking more and more like a touchdown-dependent option. This this week against Green Bay, they are susceptible to the running game. So you, if you roster Miles Sanders, you have to hope that this is the week where he starts to turn it around again a little bit. But it certainly certainly seems like a guy who's, uh, <clears throat> whose stock is down at the moment. Yeah, 100%. So it's killing me, man. It's killing me. I also did want to add that Devontae Smith had a monster target share this week without Dallas Goddard. And if Devontae Smith is the benefactor here of... Dallas Goddard's injury, it could be um, the beneficiary, not the benefactor, the beneficiary of Dallas Goddard's injury. It could be a, a nice little boon, boost. I'm just saying wrong words now. A nice little boost to his fantasy value. I hope um, so. For the remainder of the injury as well. I hope so. I hope I hope that that's the case. Matt, any, any thoughts on this game? I'm, no. I'm, yep. I mean, you covered it, man. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Let's get to Michael. Your next pick. You're up, bro. I'm ready. Start me up on the timer, Tim. Three. Well, t tell the people who you picked. That's true. My next pick is the bear. The bears. Oh wow! I had bears. I had the and the bears. Look at that. No one knows what the fuck that you just said. The OGs know. That's the Raiders. Oh my god. That one's for Jason. Yeah. Terrible. The Bears at the Jets. Three, two, one. This 
is not an ideal matchup for the Bears in any sense. I do not like this matchup one bit for the Chicago Bears. The Jets' defense has just been getting better and better as the season has progressed. They have not allowed a single offensive touchdown through their last six quarters. That includes against Josh Allen for the second half prior to their bye and four quarters against the Patriots, who they're not a powerhouse offense, but they were coming off a bye week and the Jets held them to zero offensive touchdowns. It should have gone to overtime, tied 3-3, but everyone saw the punt return um, to end the game. That one hurt my soul. But they've been just progressively becoming a more and more difficult matchup throughout the season in true matchup rank. They are now 25th to opposing quarterbacks. That's 27th passing and 21st rushing. 25th to opposing wide receivers. 18th to running backs and 11th to tight ends, um, according to true matchup rank. On top of that, Justin Fields is now dealing with a dislocated left shoulder. And his status for the game is uncertain. If this limits his rushing ability in any way, it is going to be the longest day of Justin Fields' career. If you think shitting on Zach Wilson is fun, I'm going to shit all over Justin Fields when he throws like four interceptions against the Jets and completes eight passes if he can't run. I, I because gotta... quarterbacks shouldn't lean on their rushing ability. Got Michael, we're finished. Mr. 175, Justin Fields, Michael. can't throw for 175 yards consistently. We're a fantasy show. Don't get me started with Justin Fields. Yes, <laughs> but that's what's scary about it. If he doesn't run, he is going to shit the bed hard 1,000%. There is no way he does not shit the bed if he's not running a ton. And with the dislocated shoulder, that is a little bit scary because Justin Fields went into half doing what Justin Fields does with like 75 or so rushing yards. He ended the game with just 85 rushing yards, and they lost in the second half because he can't be a pocket passer. So I'm actually very, very scared of starting Justin Fields this week for fantasy reasons. I'd do it if I have him because if he says, screw my shoulder, I'm running, he could run for 100 yards and win your One week again. But nonetheless, I just talked a lot about Justin Fields. Yeah. <laughs> David Montgomery is a play. Um, I I'd sit Darnell Mooney. He'd be my bench warmer of the week, and I'd sit Cole Komet too. I do not like the matchups for the pass catchers. David Montgomery is a play just because of volume. Without Herbert, he's going to see incredible volume again. 21 opportunities last week, including four targets. He's a volume-based RB too. On the Jets side, look, obviously you can't start Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco, whoever's quarterbacking that team, but I'm not giving up on the offense as a whole. The Bears have given up consecutively 49, 35, 31, and 27 points. Since Roquan Smith left, their defense has been a punching bag. I think Michael Carter still has flex appeal here, and I still like Garrett Wilson to return wide receiver three value as long as the, ball, as long as the quarterback's able to just get him the damn ball. It was bad weather as well, not to give excuses, but in that matchup, um, against the Patriots, but I still like Garrett Wilson here to return wide receiver three value. I wouldn't trust anyone else in that offense. So, yeah, I think if Justin Fields can't run, I would not be surprised if the Jets win by, like, 20-plus points. All right, Mike, well done. Somehow you spent two minutes on Justin Fields and still got the rest <laughs> of that game in. Uh, <laughs> I got to say about, about the Jets, first of all, uh, I don't know if you heard, but Zach Wilson killed the firstborn child of of seven different people this week. I don't know if you heard, or that's what everyone at least makes it seem as though he did. I cannot defend Zach Wilson's play at all. Uh, but Daniel Jeremiah did say this. Uh, a young quarterback in terrible conditions and no running game had a terrible day. Let's everyone chill for a second. And I think that when you're talking about it. It's a, everyone's favorite thing to do, just completely shit on Zach Wilson. It's yeah, great. I mean, it's a, it, it was a terrible, terrible day, but still. It was one of the worst quarterback performances, personally, I've ever seen. Uh Still, I think it's a little overblown, and I think it's especially overblown because you got to consider that the the Bears defense, Michael mentioned how bad they've been. 
uh, since Rokon Smith and Robert Quinn, you can't forget Robert Quinn, uh, has been traded. And it, it gets worse, Michael. They are dead last in EPA per play. Uh, in the NFL right now, so in, by the the metric that is very you know it's it's a very telling metric, they are the dead last defense in the NFL right now. So there is a chance they they mentioned that Robert Sala today came to the press conference and did not commit to Zach Wilson being the starting quarterback. I think that was a message, but if you're looking at the development of Zach Wilson, while benching him could be something that is um, you know beneficial eventually. Like doing it against the worst defense in the NFL is not the time. So Matt, what's your non like we're Jets fans, right? What's your non Jets fan perspective <laughs> about it? I mean, Mike said that like you wouldn't start any quarterback against them. I mean, I'm not starting Zach Wilson. I'm probably not starting Joe Flacco. But in the off scenario that Joe Flacco does get the start ahead of a you know young, developing, and broken, confident. Zach Wilson, then I would feel a lot better about Garrett Wilson. Yeah. I don't know if Joe... That's like my biggest takeaway from that. Joe Flacco does not inspire me in terms of fantasy production. He just doesn't do it. Yeah. He had that one good game, but but before the last, like, craziness where he threw the bomb to Corey Davis and then the game when he touched on the Garrett Wilson, like, there was no... There was no offense being scored. For the Jets, like they weren't moving the ball, and they put 150 extra yards on the board in the last three minutes. So I think people are being a little skewed uh, by Joe Flacco's one good performance to think that the guy's capable of throwing for 300 yards every time. All right. Uh, with that being said, I think Matt, you got the next pick, bro, or is it Michael? I mean, I'll take it. it. Well, I want to know what Matt Matt's thoughts on Justin Fields this week, though. What are your thoughts on Fields, bro? Matt is a more definitely. I mean, more the injury Fields is the guy. biggest concern. It's he's the injury is the biggest concern. He's a, obviously not a pocket passer. When they have to do that, it's bad news. But I don't expect the Jets to really. Yeah, the Bears' defense is terrible, but I'm not looking at, at this game as a shootout. If the Jets are able to move the ball, it's likely on the ground regardless, um, because the Bears' rushing defense is the worst part. Uh, so, yeah, Justin Fields for me. It's going to be a game management game. It's a David Montgomery game. I think his rushing view, um, floor is reduced uh, just by game script alone. And I mean, like a dislocated shoulder is not great for a running back. Um, not that I'm saying that, that he's he is one. I'm just saying like running backs with dislocated shoulders, you see them have very mitigated opportunities because you can't lean into tackles with whatever side the injury is on, right? Um you know, that said, I do think that will mitigate his rushing floor a little bit. Game script mitigates his rushing floor a little bit. The shoulder's certainly going to affect his pocket presence and his passing ability, which, albeit is terrible, has been better than it was at the start of the season. You know, he's been finding the end zone with Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney, which is something that we hadn't seen him do. So, yeah, all in all, it's certainly a downgraded game uh, against what is probably perceived as a good matchup just because the Jets are so hated, but is legitimately one of the worst matchups you could imagine for the the Bears. All right, Mike. Who's your next pick? It's Matt's turn. Was well, not. Yeah, it is. It's your turn, bro. That's how stinks work. I don't. I have the middle pick, Tim. Yes, and I just picked my two pit my two games. I'm confused. I just went. It was my turn. No, I just went. What oh. are you talking about? Oh yeah, you did. Oh yeah, just the Bears Fields. and Jets. Yeah, I'm bugging. <laughs> All right, Matt. Yeah. You're up, brother. Three. All right. Two. Uh, one, uh, who's your? I mean, for who's your who's next pick? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the Ravens and Jaguars. Ravens at Jaguars. Let's do. Oh, this. we get to listen to Matt say Jaguars, Jaguars. for the next three minutes. I love it. Three, Jaguars. Two, one. You're up. 
The Ravens traveled to face the Jags in week 12, opening as a four-point favorite after they won four in a row with a projected over-under in the game of 43.5, which I genuinely think is a pretty high uh, over-under considering the Ravens struggled to score against the Panthers. They barely scraped by with a 13-3 victory. That offense is averaging 360 scrimmage yards a game. They're ranked second in rushing, uh, 27th in passing yards, though. Their top 10 scoring rate, 24.8 points per game. Their defense has been fierce against the run, allowing 86.4 yards um, on average, which kind of worries me for Travis Etienne because he hasn't been getting the pass catching work. He's really just been a volume rusher. Uh, they've conceded 249.8 passing yards on average. That's 27th. So they're certainly susceptible uh, to Trevor Lawrence in the passing attack. They've stopped their opponents from putting up a lot of points, uh, which kind of worries me just for Christian Kirk's touchdown upside, which we've seen a lot of his wide receiver or top seven, top five finishes at least are attached to two touchdown games. They allow, the Ravens allow just 19.9. Uh, Jaguars, on the other hand, they've lost four of their last five despite putting up solid offensive numbers. They score 21.6 points per game and average 373 scrimmage yards per game, 226 passing yards, 139 rushing yards. Defense has kind of been their downfall. Uh, allow 370 scrimmage yards per game and 20 and a half points to opposing offenses. We'll hop over to the Ravens first, I guess, because they're just void of meaningful, healthy weapons right now. Uh, their receiver room looks like James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson. And then they have Justice Hill, Kenyon Drake, and Gus Edwards, who are all dealing with injuries. Kenyon Drake, the lead back, I suppose, if none of those other guys are cleared. Same can be said for Duvernay. If he's cleared to play, he probably slots in ahead of Demarcus Robinson. But Demarcus Robinson had a really good game last week that I think people are kind of ignoring. Uh, if he really is the only healthy option, because obviously Mark Andrews has been hurt as well with that shoulder, then... Yeah, he's probably got some uh, flex appeal against, as I was talking about, a pretty bad defense. Lamar Jackson's the biggest story, obviously. After having an MVP trajectory to start, he's had you know a QB 21 and QB 20 performance uh, with a QB 15 and QB 13 performance sandwiched in between that. Followed it up with 9 and 10, uh, QB 9 and QB 10 back-to-back contests, but fell again flat in, against Carolina last week. Uh, QB 15. He's 18th in true throw value and isn't rushing at the same volume. So without Mark Andrews there, it's kind of hard to see that passing volume peak any. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a good matchup. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence has a pretty good matchup. I mean, the Ravens allow just 16.7 points per game, but that's 13.4 passing points and 3.3 rushing points. That pretty middle of the pack. They're 16th in true matchup rank, right? And Trevor Lawrence has been able to exploit bad defenses and mediocre defenses um and anybody that's so they're right on that line but anybody that's below 16th so bottom half of the nfl and true matchup rank trevor lawrence has put up an average of 25 points per game on Woo! Um, okay so that's it that's it We're, is that the first is that the first out of time that we have go ahead matt finish yeah, just finish it up bro i'll, I'll oh, give my time to was, you i already met well, I already mentioned uh, Travis Etienne. So the last but not least, obviously, is Christian Kirk. Um, he's got 52 receptions for 679 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he's top 10 in every category this league and obviously pacing the Jaguars in every single category as well. I think he's a wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one, as he should be. Christian Kirk is um, the guy from uh, what's that? What's that movie? Jerry Maguire. The show me the money guy. You know, he was like Max. underrated and he has. I mean, like the Jags good... are probably stoked about how, you know, that contract now yeah. <laughs> after getting laughed out of the the office. Yeah, Cuba, I don't know if I'd say stoked. Cuba but... Gooding Kirk. 
Cuba Gooding Kirk. That might be what I'm calling. I do want to shout out um, to Marcus Robinson's huge game this past week. Um, nine for one twenty eight through the air on nine targets. Look, I don't think the Marcus Robinson's like some star now or anything, but two of his last three games, he has at least six receptions for at least sixty four receiving yards. And Devin DuVernay has been basically completely phased out of the offense. So Demarcus Robinson, I think, does have some appeal. And he's someone I discussed on the, the waiver wire patron only pod. Go check that out. All right, uh, Michael. Uh, no, you're not next. You're next after Matt goes next again. So, Matt. Uh, I'm glad who I'm, is the, your right, next I'm in the middle. Yeah, right. Back you got the, you the nice spot. Uh, Michael. Hey, I know. Eh? Back to back is tough. And. I gotta cut this. I gotta get you know my shot clock, uh, <laughs> my shot clock timer down. I'll tell you what, man. I run a seven second offense here, Mike D'Antoni style. It's certainly tough that you don't hear the music in the background on your end. Yeah, you're just flying, flying. I, I keep solo. forgetting. I keep forgetting I am, to I am flying update solo. you. I keep forgetting to update I'm you. Solo out here, bro. <laughs> I keep forgetting to update you on the time. I know. Too. I gotta, and I don't know how Michael the computer. Yeah, Mike, Mike was like. T- Dude. I think I when Mike said ten seconds, I thought he said thirty, and I was like, "Man, I am cruising, <laughs> <laughs> bro." When I don't know how Michael even saw the numbers, like this computer screen isn't even facing him, and he's not even looking. It's angled. Oh, it's angled. Yeah. Oh, okay. You should have just said like I have X-ray vision right. or something. It was my loins. Well, let me get into you know this. How oh, your loins, 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 the loins. It was the loins. And I'll show, I'll show you how to how to run a, a three a three man weave. All right, let's. let's oh, Tim, you would you'd enjoy this story. When we were watching the Jets game this past weekend. Kendrick Bourne, remember when he was tackled down short of the first down? I, do. I don't know if you're watching the game. Uh, yeah, it was. Jason was like, fuck. I was like, no, nah, it's short. Don't worry. He's like, no, it's not, man. I was like, my loins. And he ended up being short. <laughs> Yo, with those loins, they never miss. <laughs> um, you ever you ever fucking onion with those loins? <laughs> All right, Matt, what's your, what's your next? Uh, what's your next? Uh, your next pick? Buccaneers at Browns. All right, three, Packers two, Brown. one. Get it. This matchup's actually pretty easy to run down. It's just a tale of usual suspects from two oddly predictable yet kind of effective offenses. Uh, we'll go to the Bucks first. Tom Brady's still putting up incredible yardage, but he's regressed massively in the touchdown department. If you've held on to Brady this long, he's certainly not droppable as he finally starts to connect with his receivers on the said touchdowns he's been regressing. Uh, his ridiculous passing volume with 40-plus attempts per game in three straight games will likely continue as the team fights for win but can't move the ball behind their disastrous offensive line on the ground. Um, and potentially no Leonard Fournette, uh, who hasn't really been helping that anyway, but Rashad White's still getting used to his role. We got Mike Evans. He's going to continue to see high valuable looks and high scoring situations. He has a low target share, um, but a high depth of target over 14 yards and has seen team leading in uh, red zone looks as he always does. Chris Godwin finally buoyed his team high target share into a touchdown last their last game um, and probably will continue to get peppered with targets. There's no reason to think that he's going to regress in his target share and hopefully can continue to put up decent points with a little bit of a higher touchdown ceiling now that we've seen him breakthrough and as i said earlier rashad white's kind of slowly begun to take over the lead role from leonard fournette in the first place he may have vaulted over his veteran teammate due to an unfortunate hip injury that lenny suffered uh we've long touted white as a high upside running back on this podcast so no need to get too deep into that but he looked incredibly capable and confident surpassed 100 yards on 21 carries uh was you know a high volume rushing 130 left just kept getting stronger and stronger as the game went on um and then the browns it's jacoby Brissett's last game uh, i think we actually didn't really said this a couple weeks ago or maybe the last week but this is his last game as a brown starter as deshaun watson is gonna come back from suspension and maybe his last uh start in the nfl really as he's an unrestricted free agent and 
really is nothing special. Um, but in terms of fantasy output, he doesn't hurt the top options, and he knows how to manage the offense, which is Nick Chubb. It's honestly pretty easy offense to manage when you have Nick Chubb running the ball down the throat of opposing defenses. He's far surpassed Kareem Hunt uh, in every category, even targets now. <laughs> so... Chubb's an RB1. He's always an RB1. You're starting him no matter what. Must-start asset. Amari Cooper obviously has looked good enough and finally broke the road splits, even though it was a neutral field. You're starting him in any matchup, even if it's a bad one. He's going to have spike weeks. At who, that's who Cooper is. And Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, that's a really interesting one for me. He probably would have been one of those like sleepers or maybe tear-up guys. 30 um, seconds. He's had 70 yards in um, seven or five out of seven games, rather, in those two other five, he was over 50. Um, and then posted 10 catches on 15 targets for 150 yards over the last two with a touchdown. He's averaging 9.8 points per game. He's a pretty decent flex option um, and is starting to see a pretty good role. Uh, and maybe a little bit more for the rest of the season when Deshaun's back, but I kind of like people's Jones this week. Oh, see, Matt, you you locked it up. This This is a man that never makes the same mistake twice. That's why I love him. Facts. You know, I'm t- I tell you what, man, the 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 number one person I know that never makes the same mistake twice is the guy sitting next to me, Michael. You should see every time we play something or a sport or any time we, like, do something new, Michael's eyes always light up. And the first time he does it, he always messes up just a little bit. You know, he's a beginner. But then you, if you look at his face, you could see his brain start to calculate. Like, beep, 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 boop, 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 beep, doop, doop, beep, 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 beep. And then he just calibrates and never makes that mistake again and all of a sudden is very good at whatever he's doing just constant all right uh let's get in it's not really it wasn't really meant to be a a compliment per se but you know i see how it is let's see all right michael uh persimmons persimmons Persimmons. the next up my in-laws have it i'm living with my in-laws right now they can cook man i know living with the in-laws doesn't seem like a great thing but uh they're, they're they can cook it's nice it's it's <laughs> what i what i don't like what i hate the most is that i i what i, I don't say hate the most what i don't like is that i don't get to just come home to my normal space and just like talk to my wife and like like play with my kid i gotta be like a social person as soon as i get home i, I like to relax for like a half an hour before i can be social at least for anyone besides my wife i can be social with my wife but besides that i like to just like chill you know what I mean? I need some time to just like you know, or 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 with my kid, either with my wife, my kid, or myself. Besides, I need some time from others. You know what I mean? Um, Michael, you're next. What's up? Patriots at Vikings. Sticking with the AFC. That sounds like a whack matchup, man. That's a terrible pick. It's a Thursday game. Yeah, terrible pick. Doesn't mean, that, that, what, what, you made I mean, a phase like that was supposed to make a difference. Baby, like come on, get left. festive in the spirit, Tim. Yeah, Tim. Quit being a hater. Get the catty. I'm, th- I'm thankful for the fact that you took that, so I didn't have. Hey yo. Three, two, oh, it's one. Behind the scenes, you're an idiot who chose the wrong. <laughs> I, I'm not the idiot. You're the idiot for not noticing. Hey, it. hey. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Let's keep, let's keep it rolling. Patriots at Vikings. <laughs> the Patriots offense has two viable fantasy options: Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers. Done. Who? Bang. The pa- <laughs> Shut up, man. Who was that? The Patriots. I actually just traded for Jacoby Myers in our home league. He I traded did. Hayden yes, Hurst did. and J.K. Dobbins to get Jacoby Myers. I needed a. I have a lot of high-end options, so I needed a trustworthy wide receiver three type. So, welcome to the squad, Jacoby Myers. See, I could change the way I think about people. He's decent enough. But, anywho, Ramondre Stevenson, 
While the Vikings are just 15th in true matchup rank, they are first overall for pass-catching running backs, and that is what you like to see from Andre Stevenson. I mean, look at what Tony Pollard just did to them this past week, over 100 yards and six receptions and two receiving touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson has seen a target share of at least 20% each of the past four weeks. He's seen 28 targets during that span, turned that into 24 receptions. Three of the games, he has been over 50 yards receiving. I like Stevenson a lot this week. For Jacoby Myers, it's a middle-of-the-pack matchup that should have better better weather this time around. Again, like I mentioned, the Patriots-Jets game last week had rough rough wins. Uh, Nick Folk missed two field goals for the first time in who knows how long, and the passing game was not really a downfield passing game. Jacoby Myers has solidified himself as a solid wide receiver three, um, half PPR, um, even stronger play in PPR settings. So Jacoby Myers here against Minnesota, I'm not scared to put him in my lineup, but I'm not touching Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, or anyone like that. On the Vikings side, the only good matchup in terms of true matchup rank here is the tight end position, which bodes tremendously for TJ Hawkinson. As I mentioned on last week's pod, TJ Hawkinson has already surpassed Adam Thielen as a number two pass catching option on this team. Uh, Hawk has seen at least nine targets all three games as a Viking, and even though he just had his worst game of the season, only went five for 34 in the blowout against Dallas, he did drop a touchdown, so it could have been a much bigger game for him as well. I'm starting him happily this week. I think he has a good shot to have a nice game for you. Obviously, you start Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson on a week-to-week basis. Those guys you don't really even have to think about in redraft leagues. Captain Kirk, on the other hand, look, he's always a streamable option, and he doesn't typically put up two stinkers back-to-back. But this is a primetime game, 45. which automatically dampers the outlook on Kirk Cousins a little 100%. bit. I was never a big, like, I, I never really felt that was the truth, but then he just kept messing up in primetime games. So trust Christian Kirk at your own peril. Uh, not Christian Kirk, Kirk Cousins at your own peril this week, I suppose. Um, and Adam Thielen is an odd man out for me here. I highlighted him last week as my bench warmer of the week. He went two for 25 on three targets. He now has... Four consecutive games in single digits, including um, every single game that TJ Hawkinson has been part of the Minnesota Vikings. At this point, he's a wide receiver four who needs to find the end zone, but he only has two touchdowns on the year. So sit Adam Thielen. Yo, guys, we like made perfect three-minute arguments. Just want to put that out there. Listen, like fucking... Well, I missed the time at once. Don't give me too much credit here. I mean, that's all right. That's all right. I mean, you didn't really. Uh, <laughs> he missed the timer once. He forgot James Conner. Matt is Matt is failing slightly. No, no, it's because I, Matt doesn't kidding. hear yeah, the yeah, music. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just playing with you. Yeah, you're not Matt hearing the music. Matt doesn't hear the music. That I mean, I de facto it. said James Conner because I talked about the rushing defense. Come on, now. That is true. That is true. But it's way more difficult not listening to the music or seeing the timer in front of you. Yeah. I said 148 and a half rushing yards, ranked 30th. Come on, that there. I, I could I'm, share I'm the taking screen. the W on that back. You get it. You get it. All right. You're no longer a failure. You're barely passing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barely passing. Exactly. Can we talk Jeez, about something? Degrees, baby. Did you, did you just say that Adam Thielen is a must start? No. Oh. I said sit, Adam Thielen. Oh, okay. I'm about to say like that. I think he's a must sit. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. KJ Hawkinson has surpassed his second, and oh, like yeah. KJ Osborne has low-key surpassed his third. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's clear that the days of Adam Thielen are over. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about uh, Adam Thielen retirement at the end of the season. The dog, Dave. Absolutely, the dude's yeah, 33 years old, man. Yeah. Or 34, I think that one of the two. He's had a great career, you know. It's uh, 
You DFA. No, no shame. No, like B yeah. 34 but before the start of next season. Yeah, no shame in it, but he's definitely the Undrafted, dude. What do you mean no shame? Absolutely. He's had one of the greatest undrafted careers of all time. Yeah. Guys, my next two picks, I think I could fit them in in one three-minute segment, but I'm going to Are go ahead. Are you testing ahead. us? No, nah, I'm going to go ahead and, and pick anyway. <laughs> all right, my f- next one is the Kansas City Chiefs at the L. A Rams. All right. So first of all, I want to talk about Isaiah Pacheco. Kind of had his breakout. Didn't kind of have his breakout. Definitely did. 15 rushes for 107 yards. Now only 11.7 fantasy points because um, he didn't catch any passes. But something to definitely be aware of. Now that was a very, like Michael said, that was a very good uh, matchup. And he had a very good time in that matchup. The Rams, not as good of a matchup. Although, look, this game has blowout written all over it. We're talking about a situation where uh, it... John Walford might not play. Matthew Stafford might not play. We might be talking Bryce about Brees Perkins. Brees Perkins. Yeah, uh, Bryce Perkins. Excuse me. Um, Bryson. Bri- it says Bryce here. It's not Bryson on his on his player oh, card. Maybe, I'm maybe it is Bryson. Like my name's Timothy, and I, they they call me Tim. You know, sometimes your name's Michael. You know? They call I feel you like Mike. You would know the answer. Matt's name is Matthew, and they call him Matt. No, it's Bryce. I guess I just added an N. All right. So anyway, um, <laughs> Cam Akers. Uh, I'm not interested, Matt. Allen Robinson, I'm not interested if at least if, if it's not at least John Wolford, I'm not interested. How can you trust Van Jefferson at this point? Tyler Higby, like maybe he gets in. Bryson Hopkins is a tight end. Bryce ah, Perkins is a quarterback. Go. That's what I um, But on the other side, I think it's interesting the way that the Kansas City Chiefs used the wide receivers with all those injuries last week. Justin Watson got 88% of the snaps and also led in target share. The thing is about, I'm sorry, uh, was uh, tied for second in, in target share. Sky Moore, uh, it seems as though it seems as though Sky Moore is the one that might get cut out of the equation if Juju Smith-Schuster comes back. They kind of play the same role. Um, I think that, so if you're looking at Justin Watson, can you give him a shot right now? You know that Pat Mahomes is playing at an all-star, at an MVP level because in every other team where there's flux around the quarterback, there's sucks on the team. <laughs> Except for the Chiefs, where they just keep rolling despite the fact that he's throwing to Justin Watson and MVS and handing the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. It doesn't keep fucking matter rolling, rolling, because rolling, Pat rolling. Mahomes is there, Travis Kelsey is there, and this is the definition of uh, pass funnel defense. Uh, now the Rams... You know, the Rams, they have a decent defense, but this this is the type of game that has blowout written all over it. I would maybe stream Tyler Higby, but if you're streaming Tyler Higby on the Rams side, it would be, I'm hoping that this game gets so out of hand that they just kind of have some garbage time production. Uh, besides that, Jarek McKinnon, is. It, I think it's uh, important to note, was hurt last week, didn't really get involved uh, in the pass game as he as he usually does. So Isaiah Pacheco does seem like someone that in a pinch, if you're desperate, you could start on the Chiefs. Uh, Justin Watson also seems like someone you could start in a pinch. I still wouldn't touch MVS. He's having a, a terrible year. I still wouldn't touch CEH. And that is my spiel. Start Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'll start Patrick Mahomes. I agree. Start Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard. Yeah, that that might've been one of the easier breakdowns, man. It, it's, very succinct. It's almost start. it's almost as if I picked another game by accident, and then I had to get that one. Uh, <laughs> I had to get that one ready. Uh, no, you would never do right. that. Bro, yeah, I was trying to yeah. give you props. You, you don't make errors like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get into my second game, and I don't even want to tell you what it is because it's not a game. It's Sam Darnold 
propaganda time. That's right. I get to talk about Sammy D. Real before quick, can I say something? Oh, no. If you want to skip no! the next three minutes, feel no, free. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm taking liberties now. All right, so first of all, before we get into Sam Darnold, the Broncos, Latavius Murray. Looks like a good play against a very bad defense, and he's the only one in the backfield right now. Mike Boone might return, but Chase Edmonds is hurt. They just released Melvin Gordon. It's going to be Lat Murray's backfield, and there's a Kubiak in charge of the running game in in the with the Broncos. That means that that running game is probably going to be successful, and the Carolina Panthers are the sixth best rush, uh, matchup for uh, running backs on the ground, according to true matchup ranks and points over average. Um, also, Cortland Sutton is probably a good play, even though Russell Wilson's passes are worth absolute dog shit. Um, Greg D, I don't know how you could, I don't know how you could really trust him right now uh, against the tight end. This is a mid-range matchup. There's better streaming options. Um, if you if you're out there and you and you need to start Greg D, I would maybe look somewhere else. And at this point, if you're starting Russell Wilson, um, don't. All right, two minutes left. Let's get into it. Sammy D, the one, the only, has been chosen again as the starter for the Carolina Panthers. Now, all those people, trash. all those people who are saying, oh, Baker Mayfield's better than Sam Darnold. I'm going to show you guys right now yeah. that if Sam Darnold was drafted to the Browns like people expected him to be he would still be the Browns quarterback today guaranteed you're gonna see Sam Darnold come in and play Bro. better than than you Baker Mayfield played human. you're but but with that being said no you're not you're not gonna let me be let me be done with this all right He's going to play better than Baker Mayfield in the exact same circumstances, just like should be expected. I don't see anyone. I don't see how anyone with eyes could say Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. I just don't see it. I don't see how it's possible. Now, he's definitely a better quarterback than PJ Walker. So this team is going to have the best quarterback that they've had all season. Now, I am also not stupid. All right, I don't want to start any well. Panthers in this game. None. Zero. Uh, I don't want to start DJ Moore. I don't want to start De Deontay Foreman. And here's why. Deontay. Deontay, excuse me. Uh, the Broncos, in terms of true matchup rank, 28th against the quarterback, 24th against the, uh, against the running back, 18th against the tight end, and 27th against the wide receiver. This defense is for real, man. It's, that's why the Broncos have been in the games that they've been in. And considering how much they're on the field because of the suckiness of Russell Wilson, like, I don't... I don't know how. I don't know how it's still a thing. I don't know how they're still playing this well. Because you see other defenses, like the Carolina Panthers on the other side, they're they're playing good. If you watch them, they're like, oh, this is a good defense. They're just on the field so much, you can't help but get scored on. So I am not starting any Panthers in this game if I could help it. Sam Darnold. Take us home, baby. You know, Tim, I think this could shady be... A Deontay Foreman game just because so many people are out on Deontay Not Foreman shame. this week. For sure. Because really? The Denver Broncos, it's a crazy stat that I've seen on Twitter a bunch. If they've scored 18 points a game, they'd be 9-1 and one or something like that. Something crazy like that. They do not put up points, period, which means they aren't going to blow out the Panthers, which means they're not going to be able to force the Panthers out of running the ball. And we saw this last week from Josh Jacobs as well, and the Raiders, Josh Jacobs was successful just running, handing the ball, running over and over with Josh Jacobs. We've seen other teams have success against the Denver Broncos. If you're going to beat the Denver Broncos, it's likely going to be on the ground. Like, they're not a great matchup on the ground, but that's the easiest way to get through um, their defense because you're not going to be able to pass I against agree. them. 
So I think Deontay Foreman actually has a shot to be a a, a sneaky, a sneaky solid start this week. And you're you're on board with that, Matt? Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, I'll, how, you guys want to put a bet on this? I'll bet you both that Deont uh, Foreman finishes outside the RB two. Yeah, I'll take that bet. Outside top twenty four. Yep. Yep. Me too. All right, excellent. We got some bets going. We got some bets going. We, we gotta got to get, get more bets. Man. Yeah, I know. You didn't bet at all while I was gone. What was up with that? You know, you're you're just in the zone. We and agree with each other forget. too much. It's annoying. That too. All right. <laughs> uh, we need your trash-ass takes, you know? <laughs> Michael, let me ask you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Michael, I murdered you in, in, in the stats last week, last year, in the bets. You didn't no, no, murder no, 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 no. That wasn't. What are you that, talking about? Jason murdered everybody. I murdered you guys two years in a row. Oh, yeah, I murdered Jason. That's how it goes. Yeah, I say some wild shit uh, with these bets sometimes. You know what it is? Like, you know, Michael doesn't make a bet at, unless it's, like, now. super in his Shut favor. Up. He doesn't. Shut up. He doesn't make a bet unless it's super in his favor. Like if I would have said, ah. if I would have said like, oh top twenty, he would have been like, no, 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 top twenty four. So like, let's change this to top twenty. No, we already agreed. <laughs> See, I told you, ah. I told you in the flesh. All right, we uh, already agreed. You're uh-huh, just, uh-huh. You're just being a bitch. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. All right, Michael, uh, who's your next pick? Yeah, Are we almost done here? You're not gonna trick me into this. You got uh, one more. Matt has two more, and then you have one more. Correct. All right. My next team is, hold on, I left my notes because I went to go um, put in the thing. Steelers and Colts. Steelers gonna be quick, guys. and Colts. Three, two, one, go. The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers get a Colts defense here that has been pretty solid since the, the Jeff Saturday takeover. Um, they beat the Raiders, then they held their own against the Eagles. They more than held their own against the Eagles. They were um, controlling that game for quite a bit before they... Eventually got let down and lost um, 17-16 on a final-minute touchdown by Jalen Hurts. The Colts are 28th in true matchup rank against wide receivers, middle of the pack against running backs, and 5th against tight ends, which fits in perfectly for the one guy on that offense who continues to produce, defying his true values, producing consistently, and that's Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth has been the only really consistent pass-catching option for um, Kenny Pickett this month, and Matt has pointed it out so many times that Pat Fryermuth, man, is just not getting the respect he deserves for what he's done his first and second year as a rookie tight end. Like Kyle Pitts, the unicorn. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, the unicorn with Marcus Mariota. It's not like Pat Fryermuth is in much of a better situation here with the ghost of Big Ben last year. Absolutely not. And Kenny Pickett this year. And Pickett and Trubisky this year. Yeah, exactly. And he's putting up insane numbers that you just don't see from guys in their first two seasons exactly and he just saw 12 targets against Cincy went eight for 79 um, a good matchup here I think Pat Fryermuth is a locked and loaded tight end one regarding uh, Najee Harris I think Najee Harris has worked his way back into being a volume-based RB2 he was a sell high in Matt's um, dynasty article I agree with that um, with that decision there I would try to sell him high in dynasty if I have him but for redraft purposes he had 20 rushes against New Orleans and then against Cincy, 20 rushes again and six targets. Jalen Warren is out, guys. And without Jalen Warren, that was the first time or the second time this year that Najee Harris has seen that many targets in a game, which bodes very well for this week's matchup against uh, the Indianapolis Colts to see 20 plus touches out of that backfield. The wide receivers, on the other hand, I do not like the wide receivers. Deontay Johnson can be kicked to the curb, and I don't trust George Pickens and his five targets per game to produce a solid fantasy line this week against a tough matchup in the Indianapolis Colts. On the Colts' side, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 11th in true matchup rank for opposing quarterbacks, 
but fourth for passing, which bodes well for Matt Ryan because we know Matt Ryan's not going to run unless he's com completely and entirely forced to. Obviously, you're starting JT. Um, if you have Jonathan Taylor, that's a no-brainer. It's a good and matchup. Then, yeah, and then I think Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell are solid starts too. The Pittsburgh Steelers have given up the most points to wide receivers, fourth best true matchup rank, even against Cincy last week with with TJ Watt back. They um they struggled, and against Philly last week, Paris Campbell went six for seventy-five. He went seven for fifty-three the week before. These are the games with Matt Ryan back, not outstanding, but certainly not bad either. And Paris Campbell has been a wide receiver one three of the last four weeks. And in his first down week, went five for 67 last week. So I'm starting Paris Campbell as well. No I went slightly over. No respect for the clock, Michael. I went slightly over. No respect for the clock. What did the clock ever do to you? I said this one's going to be quick, guys. And it was the only one I went over on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, what that's she, how it goes. That's what she said. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, good. It's a good matchup for JT, man. I like JT in this game, and I just want to put out there that Najee Harris uh, had his first great game against me last week in the home. Team. Yep. that was cool. You played against Jacoby Brissett, oh, Najee Harris, good. and Brett Maher. And Brett Maher. I played against those. I played <laughs> oh, against Jacoby Brissett. Fantastic. Najee Harris and Brett Maher. The the Maher put up more points than Jalen Hurts did. The second to last, <laughs> the second to last place team I played. And he put up the most points in the league. And he had Jamal Williams on his bench. And he, he had Jamal Williams, Williams on his bench. He, he also had two 60-yarders in a row, technically. Yeah, that was is, dope. Because that was also just a little like, it's not just fantasy for me. I do watch these games, folks, so you can get off my Twitter account about that. But the, the best ice I've ever seen in my entire life, because he threw the challenge flag instead of calling the timeout, which means the refs had to take like five minutes to review it. That was the greatest ice I've ever seen a coach pull off. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty good. But to nail back-to-back 60-yarders, if I was Brian Maher, I'd be riding was, high right was, now. Yeah, and, and Mayer got cut by the Vikings at one point in his career, and he was looking over the sideline, flexing and, like, screaming at them. It was awesome. <laughs> he, he's he's going to have to go party later, you know, with, you with, guys some, saw, with some onions. You guys saw uh, Sirianni? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, people were making fun apparently, of him. Apparently, dick. apparently, he was, like, yelling to the crowd that was for Frank Reich because of how they did him so dirty Good. in Indy. Good, man. Yeah, I don't know why people were so upset about yeah. it. Like, oh, they're eagles. Look yeah. at him celebrating Classless. a win against a, a mediocre also, team in the Colts. It's still the NFL, you also, idiot. <laughs> it was also in a, the Eagles fan section that was sitting behind the Eagles bench. Like it was a, yeah, there was like Colts fans there, obviously. But if you like look at the video, there's literally like 20 Eagles fans sitting there wearing Eagles jerseys. I'm glad they won. I like I like Nick Sirianni. Everyone was like, the Eagles Me are so too. dumb. <laughs> The Eagles are so dumb He's getting rid of Peterson and hiring Sirianni. Philly coach. Yeah, he is. He's really Philly. He's like super Philly. All right, uh, Matt, you're up. You got two in a row here, kid. Mm -mm. All right. I'm on fire. Just one, no? No, he's got two in a row. Was this not the I think I have two second to last one? Oh, yeah. Do you have two in a row? Oh, Matt? this is my last one. Oh, yeah. this is your Matt. And, and then, then I end it off. And then Michael goes. Yeah. Uh, a little behind the scenes, we just left the game off. Tim made an error setting it up. What do you mean Tim made an error? You have announced no one a million noticed. times you set this up and you're going first because you set it up. But no one noticed that there's there's no bye weeks this week and we only you, you schedule have 15 games. named our mistakes and nobody would have. But the reason, no, it's more fun. The reason people mistakes. fuck with us is because we tell them about this stuff. I know, man. I'm just saying. And, Mike, <laughs> and Michael, you know, you Mike, it, look, whoever, you embrace it. if whoever's still listening, world, whoever's still listening at 132 right now, like, you know, they're in. They're in. We got them. They're in. They're locked in. 
if you're still listening right now, what's up? We appreciate you. Yeah, we got some bars still. It's 132 in. Still got bars, and we appreciate you being here. All right, Mike. No, Matt. 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 Man. Three. Oh, Matt. Who's your Who's your last pick, bro? Well, my 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 last bars are going to be about the Texans at Dolphins. Oh, sounds incredible, Michael. What's your last game? The Commanders. Who are the Commanders playing against? The Commanders and the Falcons. The Falcons. Oh, no wonder we forgot about that. Three. Nah, that's actually a pretty good fantasy game. Three, two, one. Matt, you're up. I mean, it's probably going to be a blowout in this game, but the Dolphins are red hot. They won four consecutive games with two back at the helm. The offense is averaging 293.8 passing yards per game. That's second best in the NFL this season, but just 97.7 rushing yards. Although, you know, that's kind of trending up towards um, with increasing those numbers considerably over the last couple of games with Jeff Wilson sharing snaps with Raheem Mostert in the backfield. Uh, their home team, 12-point favorites in a game that opened with a projective over-under of a surprising 45.5 points. I think the Dolphins are just going to smash the Texans and they could easily smash the rushing averages in a positive game script when they get ahead big numbers and it's just garbage time hands off to the two guys I previously mentioned. Uh, Mike McDaniel's system has made Tua look like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's third in true throw value this season. Uh, he's averaging 283.1 passing yards per game, uh, 18 touchdowns to only three interceptions, nearly missing an entire quarter of the season with concussions. So, yeah, Tua's balling out. And a big reason he's balling out is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are two of the fastest receivers the NFL has ever seen. And they exist inside of a system that is catered to their skill set with a quarterback that is his entire career has been one thing and one thing only, and that's pinpoint accurate. You can say what you want about his arm strength and everything like that, but Tua is an accurate passer. Um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they are both in top 10 in points per game. Hill's leading the NFL as the wide receiver one overall. The do have downfield threats. They both rank top five receivers in true air yards, top five in realized true air yards. Um, incredible conversion rates on deep balls. Uh, brings me to the backfield. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert have been splitting snaps. It seems like it's Jeff Wilson's backfield to take over, though. He's been the more productive. He's been putting up higher points. But Mostert's also finished in the top 10 um, with his touchdown dependency. I, I think Jeff Wilson, as I said, when he first arrived there and took over even though it was a menial amount, but took over a higher snap share with the same amount of rushing attempts in his first game there, that it was going to be his backfield down the field. Menial, it looks like bars. it's going to be that way again. One and he's got a phenomenal matchup against the Houston Texans, who are a real easy team to break down, man. It's Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, and Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is really the only one of those three that you're going to start guaranteed uh, he's kind of cooled off considerably three consecutive rb one weeks in the middle of the season now he's rb 18 rb 20 rb 13 and rb 19 most recently rb 42 that's his last five games nevertheless opportunity share is top five in the league he's a mid-range rb2 top 15 positional upside based on volume alone brandon cooks is pissed uh and he's the second earner of targets on the team behind nico collins now collins a little more of a touchdown dependent guy because Cook's target share has dropped, yeah, uh, below 20% now, and Collins has been above 20%, but it's not like Davis Mills delivers a valuable ball. So Collins is kind of just touchdown dependent. He's not going to see 10, 15 targets and, you know, have the same upside that Ten Cooks seconds. had in that role, but he is the leading wide receiver now, so I would give him a little bit of flex appeal there. Cook's downgraded. I think that we should mention as well that there are some rumors that uh, Davis Mills might be benched in this game in favor of Kyle Allen. We've seen Kyle Allen in, in action before. Is Not, that, are those rumors? I haven't heard that. According to Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com, there are some rumors floating around that the Texans may uh, sit Davis Mills this week. That's which, interesting. Which would make sense because he is uh, 
Not playing well. Playing terrible. Um, Second-year quarterbacks not having a good time right now through the air. Uh, (laughs) Certainly not. Trevor Lawrence not having a good year. Zach Wilson just had possibly (laughs) started with Justin Fields through the air. Just possibly. No, Trevor Lawrence has been decent. I would argue that Trevor Lawrence has looked like a very good passer this year. Ah, Trevor Lawrence airmails about three three throws a game. Like, he's got a lot to go to be a superstar in this league. He's got a lot to go. I mean, he's not superstar yeah. level, but he's also not. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree not with that. He's the best of the I bunch. I don't disagree with that. He's the best of the bunch. Yes. Um, that, that's and then the you got Zach Wilson, who literally had the worst game of a quarterback of all time. You got Trey Lance, who is out for the season. You have Justin Fields, who can't throw for the pocket if his life depended on it. And then you got you know Davis Mills, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones, who after last game, like everyone has to talk about. Oh. You know, Zach Wilson didn't take any blame. Neither did Mac Jones. Mac Jones was like, yo, I threw for 230 yards. Don't blame me. Like, yo, shut up. The fuck is wrong with you? Mac Jones stinks. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, he... He's the game manager. Yeah, that's what he is. Uh, that's what he is. So, I mean, Mac Jones kind of sucks. And then, and then Davis Mills sucks. Mac who? So, it's like... Mac Jones. That uh, that quarterback class, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, Michael, all right, you are ending Falcons at Commanders. Off, keep it on the three minutes, you son of a bitch. You got it. The Falcons cannot match up against a worse team than the Washington Commanders. In my in my opinion, this the the Falcons matchup here, I think, rivals the um, Bears Jets matchup a little bit for worst matchups this week. The Commanders are 29th in true matchup rank against running backs. They've turned up defensively all uh, all around of late. They're four and one in the last five games. They have a fast, dominant defensive line, and that is everything the Falcons do not want to play against. The Falcons just want to run a ton, as we know, and the Commanders do not fit that bill. Luckily for Drake London, the Commanders are second overall for opposing wide receivers on the season in true matchup rank. Kyle Pitts is out. Maybe Mariota will be forced to throw to Drake London five, six, seven, eight times even. Cross your fingers. If that does happen, I wouldn't be shocked if Drake London ends as a flex option this week. But the the running backs for the Falcons, like Cordell Patterson, continues to be, like, since his return, just mixing in with Tyler Algier, basically splitting snaps. Caleb Hundley only mixed mixed in for, like, a handful of attempts. He ran well against Chicago. That is Patterson. Um, 10 rush attempts, 52 rushing yards, was better than Tyler Algier. And two catches for seven yards as well. But... He also lost a fumble, and the only reason he didn't have a down game was because he returned a kick, which gave him the touchdown that he didn't get on the ground. Word. So that's not something you could bank on from week to week. I do think he's more of a low-end RB2 flex option until the Falcons start giving him more work. Hold on, Mike. We shouldn't bank on kick returns every week? No. What? But that's, if you started— That's some cracking out. If you started Falcons defense— One minute and, and 20 pa- seconds. I started Falcons defense and Cordell Patterson in a DFS lineup, so I got 12 points for that <laughs> touchdown, Five. which is glorious. Very nice. Yeah, um, so I really only like no one in that matchup. Like, <laughs> CPAT and Drake London as flex options, really. For the Commanders, Tyler Heineke finally gets a nice matchup here against a team ranked fifth in true matchup rank for opposing quarterbacks. He's played Philly and Houston over the past two weeks, two teams that have limited fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks on the season. Atlanta has not. Terry McLaurin's a strong wide receiver, too, um, this week against Atlanta as well. Number one matchup for opposing wide receivers in true matchup rank. And as we know, he's a much better player with Taylor Heineke, and he sees a higher target share. I also like Curtis Samuel as a wide receiver three. He's been a basically steady wide receiver three flex play throughout the season, and this is about as good of a matchup as you could get. If we're doing deep sleeper today in my in our week, 
in our typical weekly preview, I would consider Jahan Dotson here as my um, deep sleeper because he only has three targets upon his return. But now is the time to against Atlanta to really break out. He um, he did see more targets than Curtis Samuel last week, so that's something to keep an eye on. And the running back position, the Commanders seemed to shift right back to Antonio Gibson as a lead back last week. 68% of the snaps for Gibson, 18 carries to Robinson, 16, three targets as well. Gibson's right back in the RB2 mix, and Robinson is nothing more than a TD-dependent RB3. Man, Bang. that's how you do it, kid. Bar. That's how you do it. That's how you end it off. Um, yeah, I, I think one of the one of the more obvious things that happened was as soon as Antonio Gibson got back on the field, he was going to stay on the field. Just when you look at these two guys, it's, like, it's clear who's better. You know, it's just, it's just clear who's better. Um, 100%. That'll do it. We did it. The mega episode, the big episode, the special episode, every single game. We did it. The, the kind of old school, but kind of with a new school flair. Uh, every single game. It was fun, man. Was. I, I, this was, uh, this was a fun one. Uh, let's do it again next Thanksgiving. What do you guys say? It'll be the weekly Absolutely. or the annual Thanksgiving episode. And I just want to say I'm thankful for. Um, I'm thankful for you, Michael. I'm thankful for Cass. I'm thankful for Jason. I'm thankful for Matt, the newest member of the Brodo family. Um, you know, we haven't really f- figured out how we're going to announce it yet, probably I- in some sort of way. But Matt is official, officially part of the Brodo family. It's a, it's official. It was me, it was Michael, and it was Jason. And then it was me, Michael, Jason, and Cass. And now it's me, Michael, Jason, Cass, and Matt. Uh, officially part of the Brodo family. Uh, on the on the squad, part of the ownership team of Brodo, um, trying to make this uh, thing go into the next level. And uh, he's been an invaluable part of Brodo. At this point, there is no Brodo without Matt Ward um, because he's been that integral to the success of Brodo over the last few years. So um, Integral? I'm, that's what I say. Integral? Integral, that's what it is. What's it for the G? Integral. Oh, yeah. You're right. Integral. You're an integral. Integral. And a- Wait, now integral. I'm, yeah, integral, not integral. Integral. In- integral, actually, but whatever. Yo, get I'm your. Canadian, yo, so. yeah, I was about to say, like, man, I'm just giving you props and you had to go and be all Canadian on us. Sorry, on that one. No, no, I'm just yeah, I'm thinking, like, but math, yeah, I'm math like terms. I was saying, I'm thankful for integrals. you guys. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for being able to do this. Had a rough I day at work today, you, man. I had a rough day at work today, so I'm really happy to be here talking shit uh, with my guys. And uh, hopefully, we get some wins out of it. And hopefully, everyone did. Don't forget, crunch time. Uh, is still this week, right? Yeah, nothing yeah, changed. Bro. Yeah. Every Sunday, every single Sunday, crunch time. If you got start sick questions, Matt and Cass are going to be there for you. Um, this Sunday we have a playoff game, Michael and I. Big game, playoff game against Avery's All Stars. You're going down, Avery's All Stars. Uh, besides that, you can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Michael at Brodo FF Mike at Brodo FF Jason at Brodo FF Casanova Matt. At Brodo or Will at Psychord FF. That's that's a Freudian slip, Matt. That's a yep. Freudian slip. Just saying, just saying, Matt. Matt has Matt, one of the Matt, Matt has Psychord one FF. of the top handles in the business, so it's hard. I it's know. hard to change. It's like, hard to change. Legit, that I think I have the best one. Yeah, I think that might be one of the top handles in the business. But anyway, um, with that, I'm Matt Brodo FF Mike. Thank you very much. I said it already. Oh, the first person I said. Yeah, this yeah, guy's not paying yep. attention. He's he's over here liking group chat pictures of Lois from Family Guy putting a gun to someone's back and saying, "Go get another plate, but say it's for you." On Thanksgiving. Yeah, I see you. I see. We're you. done recording. We're not now. done recording yet. Get out of Instagram, <laughs> guy. I mean Twitter. I right. use Instagram. Uh, 
All right, uh, but on on the real, if you were to use Instagram, which what food do you think would be the most photographic photo photogenic food of Christmas? Of Christmas? I mean, of Thanksgiving. Pumpkin pie. Well, that's a good one. What about you, Matt? Oh, he stole my answer. Um, well, turkey then. Yeah, well, turkey's pretty photogenic. I th- I, f- I feel like I feel like like candied yams are really photogenic. Candied yams are delicious. Uh, yeah, that's a good answer too, man. Well, my answers suck. <laughs> and I feel like turkey's really photogenic if you like, especially it's like a whole fried turkey. turkey. Before it's cut. If a fried turkey, you like, it's real crispy. You know what I mean? You ever see those like uh, those cooking videos on TikTok where, or or Instagram where they take the knife and they go zh, 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 on it hear the skin to, to make it crispy? Yeah, to make skin. it be, to yeah. make you know it's crispy. All right, you have first pick of the turkey hungry. draft. Which which part are you going for? What do you mean of a turkey? Or of a turkey, you get one. You have one oh, sl- leg. You get leg. We got one leg, Matt. I was gonna say I want the you know the nice big turkey leg too. The leg. Man, it's all about the thighs, bro. I was gonna say or the thigh. I'm, I I I'm would preferably get the whole turkey like thigh combination. See what my dad does is he chops up the thigh. So you can't like, get the whole thigh. So what I always do is I go for the wing. I get a wing and then I the get some pieces is too, of thigh. It's too much on a turkey. I I like it's I like too eating, fatty. I like eating the, the crunchy part. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like it's too fatty because it's too much it's too uh too much bigger than like a too much larger. Real quick, what's your favorite recipe for uh, stuffing? Favorite recipe for stuffing? I made my own stuffing for Friendsgiving last week. It was delicious. What's the recipe? Stovetop. Nope. It was. I, I brought the. I bought the bread and everything. What's the fucking recipe, Michael? All right. It starts with rosemary. 